Charm Diamond Centers. Okay, not bad, but remember, those three little words carry a lot of weight. Has to say 50 years of a family-owned business. Charm Diamond Centers. Dylan, think lifetime diamond guarantee, unbeatable pricing policy, stores across the country filled with experts who love love. Charm Diamond Centers. 0% interest financing, trade-up policy, easy payments. I need to feel that in your voice. It has to sound like Charm Diamond Centers. Wow, that was really good. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. Oilers Nation Radio, episode 219, Bag Milk here, Dan, Tyler, and Ryan Pike from Flames Nation. Boo Flames, boo. Boo Flames. But we welcome Ryan here. He is in Edmonton to watch the Backstreet Boys. Tyler can't name a single Backstreet Boy. But I can name songs. I call shenanigans on that. I still do. What, what's, what's the first Backstreet Boy song that comes to your mind? Backstreet's Back. Everybody. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it uses the name of the band. In yeah. It. Go great. with one that isn't. Because that's the one that comes. He okay, didn't ask else? my favorite. Yeah, second. No. Go ahead. What's your favorite then? How's that? Um, Go for a deep Quit bite. playing games with my heart, maybe? Oh, that's a good one. Actually. Really I haven't nice. thought about that one in a the while. The Call. Uh, the Call is the best Backstreet Boy song. Okay. I disagree. I think the best one is Backstreet Back. It has the it has the great video. Right up on the mic. <laughs> right up on the mic. <laughs> you got to talk into the mic, Piker. See, I'm usually a yeller. So yeah, yeah. No, these are these are very. You can eat them if you want. You can get right. Yeah, in just there. get right in there. Yeah, yeah. these are actually made out of licorice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, why so, are we talking about Backstreet Boys? Oh, because Ryan's Backstreet here to watch Backstreet Boys. Yeah. He's in the beautiful city today. Are you excited for the Backstreet Boys, Ryan? Oh yeah. Actually, I think this is the first time I've been to that building as a paying customer. So. Uh, well, I was going to ask you, how many times have you seen the Backstreet Boys? Backstreet Boys? This would be, be number one. This is number one? See, oh, I've yeah. seen them in Maiden Vegas. Voyage. What a show. Yeah, how, <laughs> what a yeah, show they, they had the residency that just ended. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was, it was a phenomenal show. Great group of guys. They all pitch in every time. The concert I went to, Kevin didn't sing one word. Because he's a Backstreet old man But now. he's there. Yeah, he, yeah, he's still there. He's there for moral support. Yes. 100%. So, so I hope Back Kevin hurts. does sing for you tonight. Yeah. Fingers crossed. 100% they're showing up in, in Oilers jerseys. We know this. Oh, guaranteed. 100% they did it in Vancouver. You're going to boo them? Yeah. I'll just sort of shrug. Do they just nod disapprovingly? Did they have a show in Calgary? No, or, they did not. Uh, yeah. I, I think we why? know the reason why they didn't have a show in Calgary. <laughs> why do bands because, skip Calgary, right? Well, because the problem is the Battle of Alberta was for the right to host Bastry Boys. Uh, and uh, yeah. as a result of a five-game loss, the Flames don't get the Bastry Boys for another year or two. Not only did we get the Bastry Boys, we also claimed Red Deer as a result of that series win. Starter. But did do you get the donut mill or <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It? That's the reason we wanted it. So we know that nobody goes to the saddle dome, but do concerts play at the 
McMahon at McMahon Stadium. I honestly couldn't remember. That's not a great a, concert venue like either. A handful of the acoustics are kind of bad. Oh yeah, fair enough. I got a question. That clip that went around Twitter the other day of Mackenzie Weger, was that the actual Flames dressing room? That is, is that the visitor that, room. That is the main room. Yeah. Oh my God. Why do they have framed <laughs> photos of the players up there? I think it's an off season thing. Cause it, it used to be basically the, the main room is just a rectangle. They, they have a back room, which is bigger and nicer that we, you know, we never get to see because there's no point in bringing us in there. Uh, but they have a, a nicer back room where the guys go in and trust they us, around, it exists. Put, they put trust their, us. Like, but yeah, they have, this is the one, the room they saw is basically the, the main room where guys come in in their, in their, their, their skivvies and then put their gear on and that's it. Uh, that's the room where they talk to the media in, in the normal times. But yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a rectangle. You know, there's not much to it because it's a locker room. There's not much to them, especially when buildings built in the eighties. So you say that that's an off season thing to have those photos, but did that like, that, that gives a feel of like, just a memorialized or something, yeah. like employee yeah. of the month awards. Like they weren't uh, even, are they actual photos or are they printouts? Like they look, they look like paper. frame photos. Yeah. They okay. look like, okay. Yeah. They are, so they I, are legit. Honestly, during the, most of the time they have these, these nice plaques on every stall, but I think because it's off season and because they're still, everybody they, wants to leave. They don't know who's on the team. <laughs> so they're rearranging stuff. They probably won't determine who's going to sit where until the That's season fair. starts. That's fair. I've always actually wondered how does that get decided in a locker room? A uh, combination of coaching staff, equipment managers, and uh, usually the captains. But on the in the flames room, they have two stalls that are closer to the doors that are super wide. They're for the goalies. Yeah, and makes then sense. no one wants to sit between the goalies because you don't have as much space, and no one wants to sit in the the main stall right beside the door because you constantly have people cutting across your gear. But everywhere, everything else is pretty much pretty standard. So, do you think Daryl thinks about that on the farm in the off season? I would. I, I think he thinks about his hay, uh, yeah. his hay yield and uh, hay prices. Yeah, I don't think he gives season. hockey one thought during the offseason. I think when he arrives back in town, like when he's back in and his house and, mode. you know, yeah, I think he's, I think he's thinking about that stuff when he's not cutting his hay, but I think the rest of the time he's, he's running a functioning he's a farm. farmer. Yeah. He's got other stuff to worry Respect. about during the offseason. Which makes it incredible that he's as good of a coach that he's as, he as successful as he is. Do you ever right? think that might be, that might be it though? Cause like he, he has an outlet in his life. Like he, exactly you know, right. like he hangs out with his kids in the off season, his grandkids, he, you know, he hangs out at the farm. He runs the farm during the off season, teaches them the value of hard work. I know yeah. for the entire time that I'm not on this podcast, I don't think Oilers at all. And then I just come here and that's why I'm amazing. It's, uh, it's interesting because I actually think about cutting hay the whole time. I'm not on this <laughs> podcast. Uh, episode 219. We got a little derailed here for the first three and a half minutes. Hey, yep. Flames and Oilers. It's what we do. Oilers Nation Radio brought to you by our friends at Oodle Noodle, 17 locations and counting. Ryan, there's one opening in Calgary soon. On 17th Avenue. There you go. I, keep getting, I keep getting texts saying, we've listened to you, Ryan. We're putting one there. And I said, that's not as close enough to my house as I want to. Well, says, we're trying. We'll then move then. We're trying. Oodle Noodle open up in Calgary soon. That'll be location number 18. It's Friday afternoon. Don't feel like cooking. Maybe before the Backstreet Boys, Ryan's going to order some Oodle Noodle from DoorDash. Ding dong. Maybe. I don't know. See what happens. Tyler, as we do every week, yeah. get started with a delicious debate. What do you got for us this week? And a little bit of a new component to the start of our shows as well. Um, we are going to start giving That's away Oodle Noodle gift cards if you leave us a review. Every week, if you leave us a review, we will pick a few, we will read them, and then we will give one lucky listener an Oodle Noodle GC. we have any fresh reviews lately? I am. We haven't done this in a while. No. Real life is the only one that gets reviews. Yeah. Um, that first so. review says real life, not ONR. Yes. That was one slagging us, but praising ONR. Fair no, enough. Praising real life. Well, let me hear that one. I would like to hear that. 
Real life, not ONR, only left four stars. Ah. It's not going to win you a GC, tell you that yeah, right now. That's, that's if you were looking for good hockey content, this is not the podcast <laughs> for you. <laughs> I, I, I see you found my review. Yeah. If you are anything like me, listening to some of Jay's rants about the Oilers drives me to the point of cutting my ears off. In spite of that, I really like this podcast. <laughs> what a weird way to get to that point. Yeah. The core three of Jay Tyler and Bag Milk is good, but appearances by Wanya and Chalmers really make the show five-star quality. I wish they both attended more. Wait a minute. Is this a review on Oilers Nation Radio? No, it's a review for real life that we was, just caught. We just caught some shade in the title yeah. for no reason. Yeah. And they didn't bring us up again. Well, sometimes you got to take some shrapnel. Uh, it goes on to say the Oilers talk is decent, except when Jay speaks. Great podcast. <laughs> that, that's, <laughs> that's because Jay is the the most famous Flamington Cowie Flames fan. Exactly. Yeah. He has uh, I, last time I saw him, he was so disappointed because he wanted to give me a big hug. He's not here today because he that's wanted fair. he wanted me to, to see his uh, new Flames jerseys. If you he's don't, got a few of them now. If you don't know what Ryan's talking about, of course, Jay got caught at a Flames game in Vegas cheering. Yeah. Quite excitedly. Wait, after wasn't, he on the, wasn't he on the broadcast? Yes, yeah. he was. And that's how he got caught first by our boy Bear Snake, I believe. Yes. Or Fat Dad. He's Fat Dad now. He did a rebrand. Ah, classic. Yeah. Uh, anyways, if you leave us a review like that next week on the podcast, you could have it read and you could win a Noodle Noodle GC. So that's how we're starting podcast now. Maybe you could leave a review for Oilers nation radio that shits on real life. It says ONR not real life. Yeah. Today's delicious debate Mm -hmm. brought to you by Oodle Noodle and DoorDash. Go for it. Is which teams in the Pacific division? Cause Pike's here. We got to keep it the whole Pacific. Which teams in the Pacific division do you view as playoff teams next season? Who do you think will make the playoffs out of the Pacific? Keep in mind last year, only three teams made it Calgary, Edmonton and Los Angeles. So, you know, I don't remember exactly what I said a couple of weeks ago when we did something similar. We, we ranked, ranked them, them, but we didn't say which ones would make the play. So here's what I got. I'll start us off. Delicious debate. I'm looking at the Pacific. I've got who I've got Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver as the top three. And I think Vegas is going to get in a wild card depend provided that they can figure out a goaltending situation. Like if they get James Reimer from San Jose as an example, I think they'll get be in a wild card spot. So I'm going to say four, those four. Dan, what do you think? Well, yeah, like last week I said that if to me, you're kidding yourself if you don't think Vegas is going to make a move at some point for a goalie. So I'm saying Edmonton, Vegas, Vancouver, Calgary. Edmonton, Vegas, Vancouver, Calgary. In that order? Yeah. Interesting. I, th- I just, I Shots Vegas fired is, at Calgary. I like it. Vegas is right still there. a good team up front. Like Logan Thompson, I know 19 games. That's not a lot to, to shake your head at. And Lorraine Brassois is certainly not an NHL starting goaltender, nope. but I just think that that team is a team that is active. And like, there is not one player on that roster that isn't available if they need a goalie. Yeah, that's fair. Our guest, Ryan Pike, your thoughts on the Pacific division, sir. I don't see Vegas. I think, I think the big problem is everyone in the world knows they need a goalie and everyone in the world yeah. knows they have no cap space. And no one's going to throw them. And they're prone to overpay. They're prone to overpay. And they just jettisoned. Like they lost uh, the Vesna winner for basically nothing. nothing. They lost a handful of players for basically nothing. I think the bloom is off Rose in Vegas. I think no one's going to help out Kelly McCrimmon and do him any favors. And so they're either going to have to overpay to get a goalie. And no one's going to give them a goalie they think is very good. Unless they they really just want to. You know, jettison a bad contract themselves. So I'm thinking Calgary, Edmonton, LA, and maybe Vancouver in a wild card. So right now, Vegas, according to Cap Friendly, is eight million dollars over the cap. I don't know if that includes that doesn't include uh what's his face though. Weber's Weber. gotta go on LTA. Yeah, so yeah. Shea Weber, but even his seven point eight, there's still gonna be a shade under. 
mm-hmm. or over, I should say. Yeah. What do you think, Tyler? Obviously, Evan and Calgary, they'll make the playoffs. I'm not, I'm not super high on LA. I'm not super high on Vegas. Vancouver, I think, did a lot to improve this year. But again, just because you're active in the offseason, that doesn't guarantee success in the regular season. I think Vancouver's success will hinge heavily on Demko. Uh, yeah, it will. Sure. Um, the other side of this conversation, though, is how good do you view the Central? Because last year, five teams made it in the Central. Three made it in the Pacific. So who made it last year in the Central? Colorado, Mini, St. Louis, Dallas, Nashville. Okay, Colorado... Legit, obviously. Minnesota, pretty much bringing back the same group for the most part, minus Kevin Fiala. But they'll and be Nick Delorie. Darn. Okay, um, <laughs> they should still be a playoff team in mini. St. Louis is still good. They'll make the playoffs. But after that, like, I think Nashville will get a wild card spot if they got uh, what's his face is yeah. healthy again. I don't like Dallas. No, I don't like Dallas either. Like their forward group is just getting older with Ben and Pavelski and yeah, and, or, and, and Sagan, Sagan. Yeah. Um, with those three signing Marchman's fine. I guess, you know, they have Robertson and, and uh, he's legit. Rupe hints and all that. They're good. Jake Rob- Ottinger. Robertson still isn't signed. Ottinger still isn't signed. Mm. They lost Klingberg. Didn't replace him. They got like Colin Miller. That's not adequate. I think Dallas might take a big step back next year. And that's why, you know, unless Winnipeg surprises us, I think there's a real opportunity here for a fourth team to make it in the Pacific. It's a coin flip. In my opinion, I I think Vegas gets in because their forward group is just good. Their blue line solid. I think it's a coin flip between LA and Vancouver for that fourth spot. Wow. I don't know which way I want to if go. I really can't the, decide. If you're flipping the coin on that, Ryan, what do you think? LA or Vancouver? I've, I've seen too much good hockey from LA the last couple of years. I have to go with LA. Yeah. I just, they I, just, like, their goaltending. The Demco thing, the Demco factor is the, I guess I just, I always shade towards goalies, which makes sense because I'm an Oilers fan. So um, yeah, Thatcher Demco just excites the, me too the, much. The thing that makes me nervous about Vegas, in addition to their goaltending, because I hate that tandem. I, it might be the worst tandem on paper in the, in the league or in the division at least. But with, with from their perspective, they're like they're gonna be capped out. They're gonna use all their LTI space to field a basically you know uh, cap compliant roster. Yeah. And if anybody gets hurt and can't go in LTI, they're screwed. Mm-hmm. Like they just simply won't be able to afford. Like they're probably they're they're basically a seven to day ten day injury away from having to use the the uh, the, the roster exemption to fill in gaps. And that's borderline embarrassing. That's it's, it's how they construct the roster. They went with that gamble. It's not yeah. good. And they're basically, you know, they're a flu bug in the locker room or, you know, one or two guys blowing out groins, being out two, three weeks away from being like, you know, filled out with an AHL team or having not, they'll, they'll have to field a, a beer league size team in order to be compliant. My beer league team needs bodies. So that ties in. If anyone listening wants to wow. play my beer league team, uh, wow. and you mentioned their goaltending tandem, potentially being one of the worst in the league. Uh, Chicago is running Peter Morazic and Alex Stalock next year. That's worse. It's, hey, cl- it's close. It's close. close. It's, close. it's close. Oilers. Great. Alex Stalock. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. The, the flames minor league team, the Wranglers are rolling out Dustin Wolf and Oscar Dansk. That might be better than some NHL teams this year. Buffalo's running Craig Anderson and Eric Comrie. Still better. It's not better than Vegas. 2001 what? Calgary Flames. Because Vegas has an upside with Thompson. 99. Yeah, the Thompson upside. But like, I mean, that's not realized yet. Well, he, he's been good in his 20 games. So like, there's a chance he's good and like is a legit starter. Whereas those other teams like Morazic and Stalock, neither of them is going to be a starter. Anderson, Comrie, neither of them is going to give you 920 next year. Thompson I, I, maybe. I, I, think, I think Vegas is the worst tandem in the division at least. But the fact we're having this yeah. conversation, two years, like a few years ago, they had what? Lurie and Leonard. Yeah. And now we're talking about 
you know, Laurent Brassois was a very good backup. He's a capable number two. But if you're talking about giving him a lot of minutes, then you have some roster construction issues. How much time is Leonard expected to miss? Whole season. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, it's oh not going to get easier. Talking about a Vegas team that had a 606 points percentage in the pandemic shortened year in 1920, right? Like, I mean, this is a team that a few years ago was like, damn, class of the league. And now they're the laughing stock. But it just felt like it feels like that team every offseason goes into the offseason being like, what have you done for me lately, though? That's exactly what it is because they just like, they just traded Patrick for nothing again. They love doing that. Yep. Yeah. If you're a free agent, you're not looking at Vegas as a destination anymore, are you? Because it could very well be that you spend a year there and then they just fucking punch you I, for nothing. I think if you're a veteran who's like, hey, I'm looking to have a good season, play in Vegas, I think that's still enticing. And I'm signing a short-term deal a la Phil Kessel, which we can get to in a second, then it's intriguing. But if I was a young player and they were like, hey, here's an eight-year deal, I'd be like, nah, I'm good. I'll, I'll say this though. The the Flames just signed two guys. Uh, Kadri, want, you know, he blocked a trade to Calgary in 19 because he wanted to stay in Toronto. Ended up, getting traded to Colorado without his consent, wasn't on his no trade list. Guess what he got in his deal? First four years, no move. Uh, Huberdeau, pretty much the whole balance of his entire contract with Calgary after being unexpectedly traded to Calgary, full no move. Uh, if, if you're signing with Vegas and you're a free agent of any note, you better get yourself a no move. Otherwise, you're going to be you know yelling at your agent later on. 100%. Let's talk about the Flames a little bit, Ryan, because if you had asked us, what, two months ago, things were not looking good. And then... Chuck leaves, gets traded to Florida. Goudreau, Columbus. Big dick Brad Treliving comes out swinging to try and... What is that? Do you think that's Treliving trying to just save his spot right now with the Flames, worry about it down the road, or just like, we got to be competitive still. That's the MO of this organization. I got to go fix this. I, I think the MO from ownership is make the playoffs every year if you can, because they love that revenue. I mean, the Flames, uh, you know, they they signed a big ticket to build an arena. They're still intending to assign a big ticket to build an arena. So they're, you know, they, there's not like they have a lot of spare cash on hand and two rounds of the playoffs. Like they got what, uh, six home games, seven home games, seven home games in the, in the playoffs. That meant an awful lot to their bottom line. Yeah. And you know, if you're the flames, you, you know, you get better ticket prices in the, in the playoffs. People are a little bit drunker. They buy more food. They buy more merch. Um, you know, you, you, you flat out, you make more money in the playoffs. So if you're a, the flames team and you're sort of middle of the road in terms of revenue in the league, getting a bit, getting a playoff round or two means a lot to the bottom line. But I also think, you know, he's a guy who, you know, the, the flames analytics department is very good. They have things mapped out in terms of, you know, scenarios and how players will age and so on and so forth. They think they have a team that can win a Stanley cup in the next couple of years. And well, at least they thought that before they lost uh, 13 and 19. And I think they think that now. And then, you know, I think uh, Bill Daly mentioned uh, at the, the European media tour in a couple of years, uh, by 2024, the cap might be going up a ton. So if you're the flames, you know, you buy yourself a couple of years to make a run with the group you have a bunch of contracts are up in two years, including, you know, Noah Hannafin, including Elias Lindholm, both will getting pretty hefty races. But if you're the flames, you think, okay, you know, see what you can do in the next two years and uh, see where you are financially and cap wise in 24 and decide if you need to make big changes or just try to run it back again. I'm curious to get your take on it because the last couple of weeks we've been talking about the flames here, just in the sense, the way I see it as an Oilers fan, I look at it as Huberto Goudreau kind of saws off a little bit there. I don't think Kadri's as good as Kachuk. However, Uyghur comes in as an extra piece kind of goes, well, shit, they did pretty well with these two things regardless. I, I think that I think the big thing is 
I think they're a more versatile team now than they were six weeks ago because, you know, your, your one, two, three centers right now are Nazem Kadri, Elias Lindholm and Michael Backlund in some order. Uh, Lindholm is second for the Selkie last year. Uh, Backlund's pretty much fourth or fifth on a handful of ballots every year because he's still got that reputation and well-deserved as a good two-way guy. And Kadri would run over his grandmother if it meant he could win a hockey game. He's just, he's built the way Kachuk is mentally in terms of he's just wired to compete. And gotten in trouble for overcompeting sometimes, unfortunately. But I think that's, that's the kind of, those are kind of traits that they'd like to see in him. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head with the Uyghur thing, because, you know, the Flames basically rolled two second pairings last year for the blue line. This year, Kaji's Uyghur is their obvious number one. And I think it helps everything slot a lot better. Mm -hmm. Is this a fair take? The Flames are going to be a worse regular season team, but a tougher out in the playoffs. I think so. I think, I think they're a team now that still needs to win. Like before they had the firepower, they could beat you five, one. I don't think they're going to beat teams regularly five, one, six, one. I think they're going to win a lot of, you know, three, two, three, one, four, two games, like games that are close. Then they get an empty netter because they just wear you down. But I, I think they're a team that, you know, they, they build their team and the way that Daryl wants them to play is he wants them to sort of play the way Colorado plays. He sees Colorado sort of, you know, the, the platonic ideal of what the Calgary Flames can be in that you have skilled players who can play in any situation. And you also have four lines and three pairs that can just roll. And then you just grind the team down on the other side mm -hmm. with pace, with structure, with hitting. And by the third period, I mean, they had a they had a come get, comeback game in Dallas where they were, I think, down like either one goal or two goals heading in the third period. And they just kept playing the same way and playing the same way. And Dallas just physically gave in in the last 15 minutes of that game. And they stole points from Dallas. And, you know, stealing points against Dallas was something that, that was really important for them at that point because yeah. they weren't a surefire playoff team. What do you, uh, what do you think this means for the battle of Alberta? Cause the, the interesting thing about it is, well, first of all, again, to the NHL schedule makers, what are you doing? Three, three, Ooh. come on. After that playoff series, come on. Okay, so what do we have? We have the first Saturday of the year. Yeah. And then we have, I like think two weeks after that, two weeks after that. Oh yeah. Cause we, we do the one here up the road and then we have the one at the dome at the end of October. And then we have one, I think the, the Just day before. after boxing day. Yeah. I was going to say it's before the New game years. right after Christmas. No, yeah, both and then we're done. Twenty seventh, yeah, yeah. So they're all done before the new year. It's ridiculous. So what I was going to ask about the Battle of Alberta, it's going to be an interesting twist this year because you know the last few years it's been Cassie and Kachuk. A lot of it <laughs> has been driven by those two, like the animosity on the ice. Both guys are gone now, but what we do get this year is Kane Kadri from the playoffs when Kane broke Kadri's hand or whatever. What was it? His yeah. finger. A lot of K sounds in there. Kachuk, Kane, Kadri. Yeah. Cassian mm -hmm. potentially two canes. We'll see. We'll, we'll see though. Huh? Spooky. I don't think, Spooky. I don't think the other cane would have anything to do with that kind all, of extracurricular. All, all I know is it, it, I, I always think if I have the schedule maker, if I can you start off the season with the battle of Alberta, maybe you do a home and home this year, you know, it's, it's both teams. Second game, the flames start off against Colorado. Then they go up to Edmonton. Uh, I think I forget you guys, well, they're starting against Vancouver. 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 Then you come back here. So it's, a, it's at least going to be a good, First couple of games. And I think it's going to be an important game to set the tone for the season because, you know, if, if you're the Oilers, you're feeling, you know, pretty good coming off of, uh, you know, making it the third round. Granted, didn't do too well in the third round, but a lot of teams are playing against Colorado and not do very well. There's probably, what do you think, 25 teams that would have had a similar fate against uh, Colorado? Oh, I'd say Daryl Sutter's, really. Sutter's quote before the play before the playoffs eight, eight, eight was days spot wasted. on. Yeah, yeah, eight, eight days, days wasted. wasted. But here, yeah, like the, yeah, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it, boggles the mind that we're not that we're not forcing that one down our throats especially when we're we're what five or six years removed from where they were trying to make us a baseball league where we were going to force 
interaction between the divisions. Yeah, you know, you're gonna play the double headers yeah. and all that shit. Like that was that was the hey, idea, and that's hey, why we should we, be in the playoff. Calgary gets two of them. I think we're doing uh, two ga- two days and or two games in three days in San Jose, and I think doing the same thing in St. Louis for some reason. Really? Well, and the nice thing for the Flames is they get to start their their season against the number one team in the West and then the number two team in the West. So it's I'll, just a good and test. I'll also say this: uh, the game against Edmonton is the only time the Flames need to leave Calgary in their first eleven. Oh, okay. really? The opposite of the Arizona yes, Coyotes. Yes, the anti-Coyotes. Who spend, who spend their entire first month on the road. How fun would that be to go down to ASU and watch a game there, though? Because it's just an experience mullet that arena. you like. Mullet. The mullet arena. It's, it, you don't get to see an NHL game in that kind of environment ever. Wow, and it's, what, like three years? And then we'll have a new arena in Arizona to a talk about? A new arena that can't yeah. be filled, allegedly, there in my opinion. Go. Yeah. So, <laughs> we'll see. We still haven't figured out what logo is going to be at center ice, though, have we? That's ASU's. Yeah. But I thought that that was like a, they were going to demand to have their logo there, but they weren't going to like say the coyotes couldn't be there. No, the the thing was it's written in their agreement that the coyotes just can't put whatever they want on the ice. Like the coyotes don't have control. doesn't mean as you can't be like, yeah, sure. Put your logo there. The coyotes just don't have final say. Got it. Got it. It's more fun to think of it as that the Arizona. Mm -hmm. What what they'll have is, uh, you know, they'll have whoever's on that team still go down the night before the arena. Like what'll happen is it warm up before every game. Someone's going to have to draw (laughs) coyote and Sharpie on the, on the ice and they have to reapply it before every game. It'll go viral every time. There wasn't there like a craze of that a couple years ago where they had players drawing their own logos over and over again. Yeah. Man, Giapani drew that horrible flames logo. And and then the flames turned that into a t-shirt they're selling. They made a decent amount of coin off that. I hope Giapani got a cut. Oh, I hope so too. Come on. Come on. It's artwork. That is artwork. I liked it. Uh, just like the products that you get from our friends at Cornerstone Insurance. I like all of those too. Woo. Auto, residential, commercial, life insurance. They've got it all. Visit them at cornerstoneins.ca. Get yourself a quote. Citizens of the nation, get yourself a discount. Just click on the about button. It's right there. Got it? Good. Cornerstoneins.ca. Uh, one thing I wanted to get to before we get into our Ask the Idiots questions for our friends at Montana's is the reverse retros. The Oilers one, we teased it on the podcast last week, kind of came out with a little orange. It's the McFarland logo, a little orange around it. Uh, Dan, Tyler, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Now that it's kind of out there. We talked about it last week, but we've well, seen it now. I mean, I've, I've apparently owned this jersey for, you did own for an entire year. I where did you know. get that from again? That was like... China? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one, of the, one of the many websites that no longer exists. I looked it up the other day and it's gone. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, th- I always thought it was a, an Islanders base jersey with the, these new logos put on it. And that, now that I see, I've seen the leaked logo and I've seen the one where uh, Handsome Tom confirmed that that's what he's seen. Uh, it just strikes me as like, yeah, I've been wearing that jersey for a couple months now. Yeah, you have. Which is not bad. I like that. I, I'm excited that I was on the on the leading edge, but damn, does it look good. Ryan, what do you think? Like, are you, I know you're not an Oilers guy, but what do you think of the jersey just on its, on its face? Flames are going back to, like, they're doing bad. the red and the yellow this year, right? Uh, let's see. I think uh, from what I was hearing, four, lo- four jerseys for the Flames, retro home, retro way, Blasty's the third, and I believe the reverse retro is going to be uh, a black version of the pedestal jersey with uh, a white C. And I think it's, uh, I think uh, what ISEX had was a uh, red trim around. So mm. it's, it's, it's going to be good. I've been, I've been on, I've been bugging the flames for years. The people I know in the, in the organization, you guys should do a black. The, what happened with Stockton, their, their, their farm team, this gorgeous black alternate that I thought was fantastic. They had this beautiful, like, you know, sort of white and red uh, S as they use their logo. It really popped. I'm like, yeah, I know it's a sea of red, but if you're going to do something different, yeah. Do a black jersey. So I think, you know, it's, I think it's, uh, 
it has the C for some reason, nineties nostalgia is in. And I think people are going to really enjoy the pedestal for as long as it lasts. Uh, all I know is they made, they made a decent amount of coin off of Blasty last year. I mean, I think people internally, there were, I think there were some folks in, inside the organization that were like, yes, yeah, to Blasty. Some folks that are skeptical. And I think after that happened, the folks who wanted Blasty showed them the, the, the financial numbers of the, the merch <laughs> they sold. And we're like, okay, we're doing more 90 stuff. Yeah. So they're doing, they're doing <laughs> more 90 forever. Yeah. The, the, the teams, the team was very bad on the ice in the nineties, but they look great doing it. And yeah. I think that's their plan. Now there's going to be a better team on the ice wearing nothing but jerseys from the eighties and the nineties. I imagine up here, the Oilers are going to sell a shit ton of jerseys going back to the blue and orange this year. Well, and that, if, yeah, on top of that, and then the McFarland jersey was yeah. the highest selling third jersey of all time for a long, long time. It's, I don't a, know it's it an objectively now. cool logo. Yeah. Like the, there's the, a simple oil drop. It's cool. Like yeah. I think, and you know, doing the coloration, I think any, any Oilers jersey that doesn't include sort of the orange accent won't pop visually. And I think including some orange into a jersey that was already pretty good right. is a really nice way of doing it. So there you go. deserve the money they're going to make wow. off it. Ryan Pike Ryan complimenting Pike the Oilers all over the place. I don't know if I like it. I'm not surprised you don't like but it. But you're a hater yeah. in general. Tyler's jersey, fun. But you're kind of like me. Like I got a couple of responses every time I post my jersey being like, you know what? I hate your jersey. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> but also <laughs> if there's a jersey that, that everybody likes, I'm probably not going to like it. Like, honestly, I, I just feel like a lot of the love for it's just kind of like nostalgia. Right. And that's cool. It is. But like, varies. Um, you know, it's kind of like the old school Anaheim Ducks jerseys, like the OG ones. The busting through the ice one or the face no, mask one? The face mask one, like Goalie. the D3 mighty dice from the movie. Yeah. Those are not nice. If, oh, you, if people had never Tyler. seen them, if people had never seen those before Tyler. in their lives and they released them today, they'd be like, those are a joke. You give, are salty because we've started this podcast too late. That's what I'm thinking. Partially. You're, you're a, you're a big Jersey guy. I am. And, and what Anaheim did with that Jersey is they took maroon and green a combination we hadn't seen in hockey I ever it. and made it something new. It's way better than the Ducks jersey that they do. Like, that's just like the D. D. Yeah, that one footprint. sucks. I think it's, it's terrible. Cool. Of course you like that so one. you like over that one over, yeah. <laughs> this guy. We've just, got Gavin uh, in here. Gavin is our, he's interning for us mm -hmm. from Nate. Don't listen to Tyler. I know you don't have a mic, but I just want to make yeah, we didn't I just give him a make, mic and we're like throwing over. I want to make that known that don't listen to Tyler. We didn't even include him in the introduction. I, no, we didn't say he was in the He's room. Not in the intro. No. Um, but anyways, I, it, it's fine. The McFarland jersey's okay. Um, I'll probably buy one at some point because I'm a sucker. <laughs> I didn't like the Navy ones. The Oilers wore his thirds and I still ended up buying one. Who do you got on that one? Dry settle. Ah, I my stayed boy. away from that one. Mm -hmm. I stayed away from that. Jersey. I like the look of those in person. I don't like them on the ice. It's me too. I don't like them on the ice, but actually as like a Jersey to like rock. I like, I feel good. In it. Like I, yeah. I think it looks nice as yeah. like a Jersey. I just have to say that the fabric that the Oilers used on that Jersey on the, on the lettering and the numbers was poor and it's you need flat. to figure that out. It's flat and it also creases insanely easily. Mm. Every, if you see one of those jerseys out in the wild, note how many creases there are in the number. Well, that's just because people don't know like how to fold it. their jerseys properly. That is true. Of course, but the if you need a tutorial, that. if you need a tutorial on folding jerseys, we can probably film one with Tyler because on the last episode of better late than never, you beautifully folded my uh, Shohei Otani Jersey mm -hmm. to make sure that it was nice and crisp well gavin used to work at a different location than me oh so, so he knows all about know. folding a good oh, jersey too so that's just the problem people don't know okay guess, guess where i'm going next week I'm to west edmonton mall no i'm going to a, an angels game are oh you? really oh tiny boys are you gonna yeah. get an otani jersey i don't know yet 
Yeah, that's that's the move. Is you have a couple of beers and then you wander down and grab an Otani jersey. I love Shohei Otani. It. I was saying that to Dan that it's almost unfortunate we were in Toronto two weeks ago as opposed to this weekend because the Manoa Otani matchup tomorrow, yeah, would have been excellent. Yeah, excellent. Oh well, way she goes. We thought the Guardians were going to be bad this year. Who knew? Uh, turns out just the Jays were bad while we were there. Then yeah. the bats came alive immediately after. Okay, is this like a, a nation vacation? 1,000% curse. Nice. Because they come and hang every, out. Every, oh my God. Got, every time they, you guys go to Vegas, they lose. I think yes. when you went to Nashville, they didn't do very well. No, no, no they, they won, won in they Nashville. Won Nashville. They won, okay, so it's basically so, so fucked up. So it's a Nashville thing then. You, just, you only have to go to Nashville then. We come to Calgary, they lose. Mm-hmm. We go to Vegas, they lose. But see, the thing we is, went to is, Toronto, the Jays lost. We have never seen the Oilers really out in the wild except for Nashville. Yeah. So the problem is, is they need to come hang out with us. I was oh, drunk I and shook Glenn Gullitson's hand. Yeah. That was, yeah, the night before. How's Glenn doing? I oh. don't really remember. Meeting Tyler is probably man. excellent. Yeah. Glenn's a good man. I don't think he remembers either. No. Of course he does. That was probably a highlight of his day. Probably. Oh, I met that Tyler Uremchuk chap. <laughs> Or I'm from the building. I Any, may be gone from the organization, but I'll always remember Tyler. Is he still here? Glenn he's, Gullison? Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's the a, Teflon Don, baby. Yeah, he's I just, just went, through. I just he's on his, on uh, for, he's on his, what, third head coach? Yeah. yeah. I just went on for two months talking about how he's not coming back because all I heard was he's not coming back. I and thought then, that's what we were. Yeah. yeah. And then he came no, back. He's here. Oh, yeah. Glenn Gullison. He's just sliding through. Yeah. Tom McClellan. Pat. Uh, Ken Hitchcock. Ken not, Hitchcock. Not Pat Quinn. Definitely not Pat not Quinn. Pat Quinn. Ken Hitchcock. And then he had, now he's got Woody. Tippett. He had Tippett. And so there's four. From what I remember, he was still on his Flames contract his first couple of years with Edmonton. Probably. Yeah. No, no, his first year, because he got, I think he got his three-year deal. Uh, he did two in Calgary, and then he got, he was uh, in Edmonton. Stick into the bleachers. We have yet yeah. to see a stick toss, though. That's a great, I, we have yet to see the stick toss. haven't pissed him off enough. I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. Any he final got, he thoughts? got good distance. Yeah, I did. Any final thoughts on the reverse retros, boys? If you're going to buy a jersey right now in the blue, Tyler, what do you get? Uh, in like the right new, now in today. the Royal blue. Yep. I'm going to go with a, well, you're really putting me on the spot with this one. Mm-hmm. You know, I might go, uh, no, that's lame. I don't want to say that. I might go Hyman. That's a good choice. Dan, you're buying a blue Jersey today. Who's going on it? Ben Stelter. Good for you. Ryan Pike, you're getting an Oilers jersey today. Where am I going to wear an Oilers jersey? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have anywhere where who's your favorite, Who's your favorite Oiler? Which Oiler do you if like you watching could, the most? Like objective. Oh, I, I would say Derek Ryan. Ah, good, 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 nice Derek good, Ryan uh, good U of A boy. Yeah. Good, uh, good Edmonton boy. <laughs> he was a good Russell. flame. He was, uh, and honestly, uh, one of the easier guys to deal with in terms of asking like a dumb question and he does whatever he can to give you a good answer. So mm. yeah, I'll, get, I'll, do, I'll do Derek Ryan. I also like Derek Ryan for absolutely sewering. Dave Tippett when he got fired. That was fucking amazing. Love that. Shout out to Derek Ryan. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. All right. Boys, it is time for Ask the Idiots for our friends at Montana's. Montana. On Wednesday, Tyler and I went to Montana's. We get Montana's messy. With our friend Bradley. We had a nice little conversation. We did. Bradley and I matched. Both wearing Jay's jerseys. Yep. And we all shared ribs. We did. I still have some leftovers that I'm going to have for dinner tonight. I ate a lot of ribs. And then I had a meeting and I was real tired. I had multiple coffees in that meeting and I was still Mm -hmm. tired. But the the ribs, I should say, delicious. Actually, Montana's wings are also good. Yeah, they are. So get, get in the there. ribbon wing combo. All right, Ryan, the way Ask the Idiots work is people submit questions to me all week long. The boys have not seen them. You may notice we're the idiots in this equation. We're all idiots here. So you're an honor- honorary idiot today, Ryan. First question, we are going to start with Tyler just to get this in. There's a weather's questions here, Ryan. I just like your takes. You can be salty if you want. I don't even care. <laughs> or as we learned today from our friend Waz, Surly, big word. Yeah, Waz didn't know what that meant, hey? He didn't know about the seven duffs either. <laughs> what the what? The seven duffs Tyler, from Duff Gardens. Don't, Tyler. Don't. Tyler, don't. <laughs> don't Born. say you don't know. Yeah. Ryan, we're working with children here. That's the lesson. First God, question to ask the idiots for my friend, Taylor Yamchuk. How do you think players like Sam Gagne, Nail Yakupov, and Justin Schultz's career and career trajectory would have looked if they were properly developed like the rookies on today's team? Would there have been a difference? Um, no. Justin Schultz still carved out an NHL career and has had a pretty good NHL career. He won multiple Stanley Cups, still getting contracts. Justin Schultz is what he is. And I think the expectations for him were too high. Yeah, they're was bananas. He, was he developed poorly? Yes. Was Neil Yakupov developed poorly? No, because he was a first overall pick. Like, you're obviously going to put that guy in the lineup. You're not going to send him down or anything like that. So I, I think the Oilers deserve a lot of heat for how poorly they developed some players. I think they deserve more heat for how poorly they drafted. I think that's a much bigger part of it. And at the end of the day, the guys that failed here also, for the most part, went on and failed in multiple other organizations. So I just, I, I don't know, maybe things could have been a little bit differently for Yak if he went to, if he was a 35th overall pick and spent two years in the minors. But at the end of the day, I think these guys become what they are and maybe they take longer to get there. But I don't know. I don't think any of them would have been perennial all-stars. Nation Dan, Gagne, Yakupov, Schultz, would their careers have been different had they been treated differently? Well, yeah, I think like, I think fans, maybe we tend to forget now because we've had a bit of organizational uh, standard set in Bakersfield. But up until Jay Woodcroft came in with Bakersfield, our AHL team was like, was all over the map. It was Norfolk. It was Springfield. We shared some time Sometimes with Hamilton. Have one. We didn't have one. We were the Edmonton Roadrunners. We were the Toronto Roadrunners. <laughs> like the... No kidding, this team couldn't send people to the yeah. farm to do anything with them because half the time we were sending them, loaning them to other teams to maybe give them some playtime. So for me to answer that question specifically, nail Yakupov, no, there's nothing we could have done with that. Tyler, you already covered it really well. Uh, what was the other question? Justin Schultz. Justin Schultz, the expectation, he was brought in and do I think McTavish calling him a Norris potential winning defenseman before he had like played eight games in the NHL was a bad idea? Yes. But 
Again, Justin Schultz was is exactly who we thought we were. He just isn't a top pairing defenseman, and we played him like one, and Pittsburgh didn't, and then that fixed him. Well, in his prime, he was a top four D-man who could run a power yep. play for you and put up decent offensive numbers. In, in a pinch hitter role, yep. not consistently every yep. day, just like Miko Kostinen. Sam Gagne is a different story. If you go back to Sam Gagne, Sam Gagne could have gone back to London mm-hmm. and had another season of, but the Oilers literally had nothing at center to do to sell tickets, and so... I think that you just have to go back to the fact that the farm team option just yeah. wasn't really available. And so to send him back to London when you, you know, you've given this fan base nothing to cheer for for years and years and years. Yeah, that's the way I remember but it, at least. Can, can I, I think about also, uh, just the just before you go on, Tyler, I think about having no farm team thing. I'm looking at Devin Dubnik yeah. in 2006, 2007. He only pl- got to play four games because he was playing for Wilkes-Barre, who was not the Oilers affiliate. Well, and yeah, you send them, a, you, you <laughs> sign a contract with him and it just says, we'll do our best to get him in there. Not, you know, any set number. Of- no offense, Oilers. We are the Penguins. We have no fucking interest in your goalies. The other thing, too, with Gagne is like, yeah, they kept him up here. He's. I, the other day I had this conversation. I think it might've been with Waz. We were talking about the word bust. I was like, oh, Sam Gagne a bust? It's like, he's about to play his thousandth NHL game. Look at the other guys in that top 10. Patrick Kane, okay, legit. JVR. Form, uh, future Oiler. Future Oiler. JVR at his peak was very good. Mm-hmm. Kyle Turris is out of the NHL. Thomas Hickey, I don't even know if he's still in the NHL. Carl Alsner out of the NHL. Jacob Voracek, Cape, very good career. Zach Hamill, 20 games. Logan Couture, very good. Keaton Ellerby, bad career. So like, is Sam Gagne a bust if out of that top 10, he's like third in games played? No, not every, people always at top 10 pick, oh, they're going to be a 20 time all-star and they're going to be in the hall of fame or whatever the fuck they say. Okay, just because you're a top 10 pick doesn't mean you're going to be a superstar. If you can play a thousand games, no matter where you're drafted, that's a damn good career. Gagne is not a bust. Ryan, I want to ask you, I know uh, you're a Flames guy, but like, how much do you think development and usage early on in a guy's career will affect where they end up? I'll say this. This is my controversial statement. The Flames only lost the Stanley Cup in 2004 because they ran out of human bodies to play in their system. They had no farm team that year. They were splitting an affiliate with Lowell. And the agreement with Lowell basically said, guaranteed them a certain number of roster spots. But it basically said, Carolina hired the coaching staff. So Carolina's prospects are probably going to get, you know, going to get priority. And that's what happened. Of course. Brent Cron barely played that year. Uh, You know, the flames had to go down to Brennan Evans, who is infamous in flames history as he played two games in the second round against Detroit has never played another NHL game in his life. (laughs) That's how deep they had to go into the cupboards. And then they ended up, you know, bringing guys back who probably weren't hundred percent to finish off the playoffs. And shockingly, when you're, you know, half of your blue line is guys that are just absolutely ravaged by injuries. You probably don't win a Stanley cup. Uh, I think one of the better things the Flames did was, you know, the, the first thing that Daryl Sutter did after the lockout, no, four, or actually two weeks after they uh, they lost the Stanley Cup, they signed Mark Giordano, they signed a bunch of guys, and they got their own farm team. Yeah. And that's what, I think that's one of the things that they, the one of the painful lessons they had to learn from the failures of 04. And I think that's one of the things they've been better at the last few years. I think the other thing, a lesson they learned, I think, from Sven Berchi's experience was expectations management. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go out and you say, you know, I think Jay Feaster, bless his heart, uh, he meant well. Jay Feaster, during uh, during one of Sven Berchi's early call-ups, it might have been the emergency call-up that year where everybody was hurt and they had to bring him up from Portland. He said, oh, you know, this guy will be the, the face of the franchise after Jerome. He's got those kind of qualities. Oh, That's it. On one hand, great, it's a great thing as a marketing standpoint, but in terms of, you know, you have an 18 year old kid who you're trying to keep his feet on the ground and tell him, listen to your coaches, listen to your coaches, listen to your coaches. It's so difficult to be telling him one thing and have this other stuff coming in his other year. And I think, you know, you, you want to have 
the ability to sell hope to your fan base. But I also think like you, you know, Dan, you brought up the, the Sam Gagne thing. Uh, as much as you'd have a year of the fans going, you got nothing here. What about Gagne? Bring in Gagne. I think preaching patience works if you have any credibility of fan base. And I think if you preach patience and then the guy comes in and is awesome, or at least pretty good. And, you know, I, I think that's one of the things like uh, if, you, if you follow, uh, you know, the what the Flames say about their prospects, it is impossible, bless his heart, to get Brad for living to say, if was, you know, uh, enthusiastic praise about his prospects. Even even guys in the main roster, like uh, you know, before you know they made the hard press for Johnny Gaudreau, the the most common thing we got from from the GM about Johnny Gaudreau was uh, he's a good player, an important player for our team. That's it. Like right. that's his, that's that's Bradshaw living, you know, giving a toast at his yeah. daughter's wedding <laughs> level praise. <laughs> right. Uh, and for prospects, oh, good young player had success at this level. We're we're hoping he can continue to grow. That's it. Yeah. But I think that keeps that's a does a good job to sort of keep fan expectations realistic because that way, you know, when a player does finally break in, he doesn't think he need to, you know, the, the running joke in Calgary for years was here comes the next 18 year old man that his career ruined by having to save the Edmonton Oilers because that was the perception league wide that you had to bring in, you know, here's Yakupov, here's Brian, right. here's all these, all these young kids. It almost happened to Nugent Hopkins before Nugent Hopkins turned around and yeah. had, he didn't really change anything. They just sort of changed how they were treating him. Well, they slotted him down. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. Like, I think, I think yeah. they, by the time they got to Nugent Hopkins, they learned the lesson and then they managed to figure out ways to develop him well. Yeah, well, I mean, Nuge is like, one of those guys too, where it's like first overall pick, you expect the moon, and then he's turned into a hell of a two-way player, but probably not what you expect when you go first overall, like Tyler said, right? Well, it's like it's Nuge is kind of like Gagne in that respect. He's yeah. gonna have a better career than Sam Gagne, obviously. He's been more impactful at the NHL level, but Nuge is gonna play a thousand games. He's likely gonna play them all with the team that drafted him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is he superstar level first overall pick? No. But again, you want him on your team. Yeah. You want him with, on your team, and, and, and it was a and, good pick. And that's the thing, like with with drafting and development, you're not hoping to, you know, you'd love to find guys at wherever you draft that are going to be, you know, great, great players for you. But I think the most important thing is have them be important players. So the Flames yeah. got Michael Backlund in uh, 20, uh, 2007, and it took him a while to become Michael Backlund. Michael Backlund has been a very good second line center for them for a while. And, you know, you could, you know, what they're probably going to do this year, you know, barring anything weird happening in training camp or, you know, Roster additions. They'll probably they have a 21 year old kid named Jacob Pelche who was on the all rookie team in the AHL last year. They'll probably put him on the third line with Backland and, you know, just say, Michael, teach him how to be a pro. And that'll be his job. Yeah. And they have enough depth that they can do that. And I think that'll set really clear expectations for this young kid coming in. But it also shows them that they've sort of learned why what worked worked in the past. And I think, you know, the the best slash worst thing for uh, Flames fans is the Oilers appear to have learned that too, because they, when, when Kyler Yamamoto came in, yeah. they didn't say you need to be everything to this franchise. They said, come in, do your thing. If you're, if you, if you're not feeling, you're not great, send it back to Baco and have you, you know, run rough shot there. And then a couple months later, you come back up, we'll try it again. Yep. And it's, it's worked really well. He's turned out to be a very good player for you guys. Well, it's, I mean, you come back to like what Tyler was saying too, about draft mentality too. And it's, and it's, you know, if you have that number in front of your name, it doesn't matter what that number is. There's a, there's a mentality around that. But to me, it's like, there's a reason that these teams all go off the same draft list, right? Like 98% of the time we can predict where a guy is going to fall within five or six picks because it's all just made up. And the points don't matter. We're all just hoping that. Well, yeah, honestly, yeah, who's yeah, honestly, anyway. there's no freaking way that like 
every every year 31 32 teams come together and 20 of them are like yeah we're going to do the exact same thing but it works out that way all the time now of course as you get further down then people have things that they that they look for specifically from a guy but those top picks are usually consensus and that's where i get annoyed when people are like well yakupov's a bust and it's like well is he because Everybody saw the talent in him. I mean, yes, maybe people didn't think he was number one talent, but he was right up at the top. Everybody thought every team thought he was. And if the Oilers passed him, the next team would have been last. What was that? What was that? 2012? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was at the, I was talking to some of the flame scouts and their exact consensus was like, like, I think that was the year it was, it was Yakupov. It was Murray at two and then chaos beyond that. And the, the, the way it was phrased to me was, well, Ryan, here's the thing. There's 30 teams. It was 30 teams at that point. Yep, yep. There's 30 teams who will have the same, you know, most years, one or two or one to 10 or something right. like that, depending on the year. And then it's all just a crapshoot. Yeah. I mean, look at the top 10 of that Yakupov draft. It's junk. Like it's such a shit draft. If you redo it, you probably pick Cody Cece number one, right? Yes. hundred percent. Cause he's <laughs> handsome. Uh, Yak one, Murray two, Galchenyuk three, Reinhardt four. Like the first four picks, none of them really the, panned the, out. The Flames had uh, three picks in the first three rounds. Was it? Uh, Mark Jankowski. Uh, Jan- Jan- they traded down to get Jankowski because they had to make up for the draft pick they lost in the, uh, the trade to get rid of a gear to get uh, to, so they could re-sign Alex Tangay the year before mm. that turned out so well. Uh, and then, they got Pat Seeloff and then I think Who? John Gillies. Patrick and Seeloff. of those three, I think John Gillies is technically still in the NHL. He's the backup if, in Arizona. If you, uh, if you read it, that draft, like Andre Vasilevsky goes yeah, one hundred percent, but like man, Tom Wilson goes up there. Yeah. But like that draft is junk. Like not really outside of Vasilevsky that many other like superstar quality players there. No, no. The, the two best players in the flame system right now are a seventh round goalie. They got fourth and last because he was an inch shorter than most people wanted to be. And a, uh, you know, Matthew Phillips is 150 pounds with his gear on and he's a point per game AHLer. I got him in the sixth round for a conditional pick. I just have to say, Ryan, I'm impressed by your ability to f- jam in and cram in so much flames knowledge to this Oilers podcast. People, people need to know about hey, Dustin Wolf. It's been incredible. I, you're doing a, you're doing a masterful job. We're getting informed of the flames, but I'm not too annoyed with you. Well, the, the nice, the nice thing is this means in the three games this year yes. we have before right between now and new year's uh, Oilers fans and flames fans will be able to have very specific snipes at each other. We're trying to raise the quality of discourse. Yes. So when drunk people are yelling at each other in the beer line and opposite jerseys, they're saying very specific pointed things things rather than just generic. Right. Yeah. When we approached the flames about coming down for a playoff game last year, they said they were afraid of violence. Question number two, ask the idiots for our friends of Montana's. Of course we get Montana's messy right now. All you can eat ribs, Dan. They're delicious. Getting messy. Dan, why the hell are people afraid of loading up on offense? Screw the defense. I say, if I wanted to hate myself and watch structured defensive hockey, I'd become a flames fan. What say you? I think people's trepidation when they come into any <laughs> roster that hasn't won a Stanley cup is, uh, is just a pure fear based reality. And so you look at a team and whatever hole a team is going to have, because every team in the NHL has some holes. It's just, you know, a question of the level of what they are for the Colorado avalanche. It's much smaller than the Edmonton Oilers. And you go on down the line to Calgary and Vegas and all those teams that are below us. Uh, and they're all going to have <laughs> issues as well. But, but for me, it's, it's, you know, yes, the Oilers, the Vegas Golden Knights, the uh, I, w- I wouldn't I can't say Tampa. I'm trying to think of another team. The Florida Panthers are teams that live and die by that offensive sort. And 
you know, is it the right answer? Who knows until you get to the playoffs and you see what happens. Traditionally, however, goaltending and defense have won championships. And so that's why people, I think, kind of defer to building an entire team instead of just going after your offense. Give me Patrick Kane. I'll win 10-7. I don't care. Tyler, thoughts on loading up on offense as opposed to more structured Because you want balance. Like, that's just the end. That's just the bottom line there. Yeah, you can talk about offense, blah, blah, blah. But if you have no good penalty killers, your penalty kill is going to suck. And that's going to cost you goals. If you don't have a defenseman who can stop the cycle and get the puck moving in a positive direction, then guess what? Patrick Kane's not going to be able to work his magic in the offensive zone. So I just, I, I, I still think they need to prioritize going out and rounding up the blue line before they go do anything like spend a ton of assets to get three months of Patrick Kane. It's just not what this team needs. I, and I like the idea. I wouldn't be against going to get Patrick Kane, but if I go get Patrick Kane, I'm doing it at next trade deadline when Philip Broberg's played 40 games and I go, yeah, that's a guy I can trust in the lineup every day. I'm not doing it now when you just aren't sure how this blue line looks. Ryan. Stacking up on offense versus playing a little defense. But offense is expensive. Mm-hmm. If you're going after a bunch of 40 goal guys, you're going to run out of money. You're like quick. Amen. So, you, you know, defensive players, two way players, they, they might not be as sexy, but they, they fill, they're inexpensive. They're efficient. They fill out the roster. And, you know, I think the, the big challenge is, can you find guys like that? You know, two way guys who can maybe pop offensively when you put them with good players, because, you know, uh, Evan Rodriguez is still on the market. I have no idea why, considering he, no put up, sense. he put up good numbers. Maybe he's looking for a good offer because for some reason, Nazem Kadri was available two weeks ago. But yeah, I think it's just a matter of, you know, there's a lot of weird inefficiencies in the market, but an inefficiency that makes a lot of sense is players that score points get paid a, you know, a whole crap ton. As a result, uh, there's not a lot of money left over for everyone else. So to fill out a team, you need to find those guys who can sort of fill in the gaps and, uh, lack of better term, eat up time when, you know, there's this way McDavid can't play 60 minutes a night. You're going to need to give him a shift off or two. So do you have one or two guys that can just eat up time while he gets rested? Well, I mean, to be fair in Edmonton, we signed 40 goal guys for 5 million. Yeah. Yep. That's just our style. That's but, what we do. Uh, but Hey, you know, you I, know I just, I just wanted to put that out there. Mm-hmm. I had to get it out there. We, we get good deals. We do get our good deals in Edmonton, but yes, you're, it's a fair point. Offense does cost money and goals cost money. Um, you know, you saw it in Calgary. They sent out some, they sent out some goals and they had to go and sign some guys for, for a fair chunk of money. Um, sight unseen, but yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. like, it, like I just, again, I come back to that. Like to me, it's like in the off season, you're always just fearful of what you don't have and not necessarily happy with what you do have. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm okay with the, this uh, offense, but I get what Tyler said. The, the GM down South, he has a, a phrase he uses at the end of the year, there's only one team that's happy. And there's 31 teams that just look at their roster and go, okay, what didn't work? Why, yeah. did, why are we sitting here and not having a parade? Yeah. So, and heck, honestly, even the teams who have parades, I think they're looking and going, okay, well, you could have, why didn't you win 16 in a row? Right. Yeah. Question number three, ask the idiots, Ryan, I'm going to start with you this time. What has you most excited about the upcoming season and what makes you the most nervous? That's a good question. Most excited. Um, this um, this will be a very self-serving answer. I'm excited to see how the battle of Alberta feels in the regular season, because it's been, it's, it's been nice to see the games mean more as the last few seasons, especially as the teams, you know, both of them become good and hopefully stay good, yeah. but coming, you know, that I, you know, we're going to have what the first Saturday of the season up at Rogers plays uh, flames and Oilers. And I think it's gonna be so much fun because it's the first time they've met since game five in Calgary. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's new faces on both sides. And I think it's going to be super exciting for both teams because it's a game that'll be part of a season series that really matters. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to run away at the Pacific. And I think whoever gets the most of these six possible points against each other, it's going to be really meaningful. 
And, you know, we, we haven't, you know, think about how many, how many seasons we've seen battles of Alberta where one or both teams were not going concerns. We were thinking about, okay, you know, when's the season over the 10th? Okay. So I can go on vacation the 12th. I can go to Vegas. I can go to the beach. You know, now we have to worry about covering playoff hockey and playing, you know, covering playoff hockey against each other teams. And that's fun. And it's, you know, I think it means a lot for the players. It means a lot for the fan bases. It means, I think, you know, in both communities, it meant so much to see, you know, I think there's a lot of fun stuff going on and hopefully, uh, hopefully the first game of the season's a, a harbinger of things to come for both cities and knock on wood another. We, we need to have more battles of Alberta in the playoffs, like at least once every two years. Especially if the Oilers win. Well, and just like <laughs> jokes aside on it, like, the entire league was oh, watching was, that series, right? It was, I, I had, I had people texting me that I haven't talked to in years being like, are you with this game? I'm like, yeah, it's nine to five. Like, yeah. yeah. It's nine to five. What? Yeah. So yeah. It's just like, surely they're not going to score that many goals in game two through five. Yeah. They just, we, they just kept coming, kept like coming. We, we, we've had regular season games involving line brawls and goalie fights. Yeah. And those would have been boring parts of this battle of Alberta yeah. series. So how, how is this, how is the rivalry going to amp up? I think that's the, that's what yeah. I'm excited about. Do you think there's any pressure on Jacob Markstrom after the way the, se- the, the season ended for him? Like just added pressure over and above what he generally puts on himself. Added pressure? No, I think he 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 gets he's probably the goaltender. You know, having covered the Flames for a decade, he's the goaltender. Is probably the most mad at himself every time he gets a goal. He doesn't think there's a non-savable goal. He thinks he has a chance at everything. Nation Dan, what has you most excited about the upcoming season and the most nervous? Well, for me, it's selfish and it's work related, but it's the travel that we're going to be doing. Yeah. Uh, bus ride down to Calgary for the battle of Alberta, Vegas, Vegas, baby in January. So start to save the pennies out of the couch for that. Now, uh, just finalizing that. And that should be coming up soon. Uh, as well as we have a group again of Germans coming as well as Finns, And then later in the season, I haven't confirmed it yet, but there's going to be a Toronto or sorry, a Canada date. I should say not necessarily Toronto, but a Canada date late in March as well for nice. travel. So yeah, all kinds of travel excitement coming up for the nation and nation vacations. And that's exciting for me. The thing that I have a uh, most trepidation about, I'm not going to say fear, but is how good is Jack Campbell going to be? Is he going to be reliant on Skinner to, you know, spell him and, and kind of keep the flow going, or is this going to be his net this year? And we'll see what Stu can do next. Tyler, your check. Most excited, most nervous. Connor McDavid put up 33 points in 16 playoff games yes, last year. That's pretty that works good. out to a 170 point pace over 82 games. He's pretty good. I'm excited to see if Connor McDavid continues the video game mode he was in during the postseason. Mailbag preview question. Uh, last year, he scored 44 goals. You taking the over or the under? Over. I think he hits 50 this year. Dan? I would say, yeah, over. I don't know about 50. I would say over. Right. I don't know about 50. Connor McDavid, 44 goals. Over, under. Over. And oh, we'll always take the over. The thing I'm most nervous about every year is injuries because injuries can derail a season. 100%. And you can't control them. You never know when they're going to happen. Think about like dry settle, right? Like he got banged up there down the stretch yeah. and it's, you never know when that play is going to happen. Well, Inj- injuries can derail careers too. I mean, the, the flame was just gave up a first round pick to trade away, arguably their most important center of the last decade mm-hmm. because they need the cap space because he had, you know, basically three or four years when you just got destroyed by injuries. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, one or two injuries can just pile up and completely derail a career. So, you know, I, I agree with you completely, Tyler. And on the flip side too, Ryan, like the flames outside of Monaghan, they were pretty healthy last year too. Right. So you can have like seasons go where you're pretty healthy and things go well. They, and they, then, they were, they arguably went the entire season without a significant injury until yeah. Monaghan surgery. And then everyone got hurt at once in the playoffs, which tends to happen in the playoffs for me. I'm most excited about just getting going again. It's just, I like 
the rhythm of the hockey season. I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to see what the Oilers do with the full season of Woodcroft. I think he's a good coach. I'm excited to see what he does. And most nervous, I'd say the defense. Uh, I'm, I'm just not really comfortable with the Oilers defense right now. I want Patrick Kane, but I would rather have defense. You know what I mean? Yep. Last question. Ask the idiots. Oh, this is a perfect one. Tyler. Let's see. How many ribs do you think it would take for you to build a fort? What? 10,000? 10,000 ribs? How many racks do we think that is? How many racks? How many ribs on a rack? Five, uh, six? About about 1,200 racks then? 1,200 racks for Tyler. (laughs) Dan, you're building the fort out of racks of ribs. How many are you going to get it? If that's baby backs, yes. But beef ribs, I'm going to say 900. Right. Well, like, how do you even yeah, build okay, it? Like, yeah. What, yeah. What are we, we have like a house of cards situation? Are we, are we talking like a lean-to against a wall? However, I guess yeah, however you it's like see, Lego bricks. You yeah. just make another Lego. Bricks. You build your rib fort as you see fit. What, you are the for, engineer of did, your own for, destiny. Did Montana yeah, submit yeah. this question? Marks are about four or uh, racks are about four or five ribs tall. Yep. But yay high, about six inches. You're leaving meat on the bones. That's a oh, that's a good question uh, too. Oh god, because because your I, host might get eaten out from under yeah. you. But it insulates you. That's true. That is true. That is true. I, I think it would also also attract. I don't. I don't think you can do it for less than a thousand racks. <laughs> this is a wonderful question. Yeah, actually, I think you, need at least, think. you need at least a thousand racks. A thousand racks. I am going to build the Taj Mahal of rib forts. So I'm going to need probably fifty to sixty thousand racks. Let's just do it down on the river. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I, like, again, I'm building a very nice place for House myself. Houseboat. Houseboat um, out of ribs. I've got some lofty plans. So I'm going to need all the ribs, as it turns out. RIP to the cows. That's my vote for the Montana's <laughs> gift card. Give it to them. That was brilliant. <laughs> all right. We got a vote, boys. We got a Montana's gift card to give away. So your options are, Tyler, the Ganya Yakpov Schultz question, being afraid of offense, excited about the upcoming season or nervous, and just we're, we're building a fort out of ribs, baby. Not doing that one. It's rib forts. I'm voting rib fort. I'm voting uh, the excited and nervous one. Ryan, you get a vote too. I'm gonna go with Tyler. Excited or nervous? And there you, you could have it. made it a tiebreaker, and Bag Milk <laughs> would have had to vote for ribs. Excited or nervous about the upcoming season, Alan? You just won yourself a gift card to job, Montana's Alan. to get Montana's and fancy. and yes, actually, never mind. Don't listen to me. And what? Nope. I don't want to say anymore. You want to get Montana's messy with Tyler. I thought there was some other part of this giveaway, but there's not the person that gave us the idea for the rib house. If they could send us pictures of their rib houses when they make them, you'll go to jail. Actually, if you're listening to this right now, I would like you to sketch out your rib house. Nope. You'll get tweeted at us. And use the hashtag get Montana's Send it to Tyler at OilersNation.com. He also wants your feet pics. I will find your IP address. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. So Alan, you win a gift card to our friends of Montana's. Of course, head down to Montana's for rib fast and get Montana's messy. All you can eat. Wow. Delicious. Maybe even build a fort out of ribs. I don't know. Whatever you want to do. But, okay. but make sure you don't have a meeting right afterwards. Exactly. You will be a sleepy boy. You will be a sleepy boy. Before we get to a hot and cold performers to wrap up the podcast, just a little quick mention. Dylan Holloway. Picked number 55 to honor both Mark Letestu and Igor Ulanoff in our respect. And Ben Eager. And Ben Eager, noted oiler Ben Eager. Mm-hmm. What do we think? Like 55 for Holloway? I yep. like it. What was he in college? He was four, wasn't he? Yep. Something like that. It's a good lineman number. Of course. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what lineman wears, the 50s and then 60s for the defense. I'd like to see more forwards wear like defense numbers, like a forward wearing number like two or something. Yeah. yeah. I'd like that. 
That's uh, a, you got to just look for like a Lula Amarillo team. Cause he doesn't let them go above. Yeah. Like, mm, what that's he can true. Count. Um, Sorry, Connor McDavid. You have Holloway, that looked good. That was flying down Connor's wing. Sign me up. Imagine if the Oilers had that rule back in the day and Gretzky was like 14. Be so lame. Yeah. Be so lame. If he was 99 and he's just actually 14. Yeah. League wide retired number 14. Yeah. That, that <laughs> sucks. I, I feel like you wouldn't have even done it at that point. Like probably 99 not. is retired because it's cool as shit. Yeah. It's probably part of it. Not because Wayne was good. Just the number sick. Yeah. But, but well, then, then, then people would get erroneously mad about players wearing anything close to 14 and it wouldn't be as fun a debate. <laughs> what do you mean by people? How dare you wear number 13 or 15? Why so pissed? Cool. Yeah. He's like, fuck. <laughs> just pick 13. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. Back to the drawing board. <laughs> Tyler, get your buttons ready. Okay. It is time for hot cold performers for our friends at Twig and Berries. If you go to twigandberries.ca and use the promo code NATION15, you'll get a little discount on your order. Or if you just want to go to the website, they got their wheel out. You spin that baby and get a discount. Come on. Yep. It's a great time. And I see right now, they've got a sale on the Nutsack Body Hair Trimmer. Pike. Fix up. Look sharp. He's on the shipping. <laughs> we'll talk later. <laughs> then you got to figure out what you're going to do with that extra day. Well, and also how you guys are going to share the trimmer from Edmonton and Calgary. Yes. Also, Twig and Berries does free shipping in Canada on orders over $75. Wow. There you go. I need to go split these, Pike. Wow. Oh, there you go. Never, never mind then. <laughs> yeah, this is all for Pike. <laughs> so for our friends at Twig and Berries, the way we start off is with our veggies every week with our cold performers of the week. Tyler Yeremchuk, your right. Twig and Berries cold performer of the week. My cold performer of the week goes to Phil Kessel, who chose to sign in Vegas. I don't even know if he was considering signing in Edmonton. I don't even know if the Oilers wanted him. I don't even know if he really would have fit in all that well here. We would have done it for the memes. The memes, damn it, and our dream is dead. Phil Kessel, you're my cold performer of the week. That's a joke. That's an absolute joke is what it is. Vegas hot dogs are just better, I guess. Yeah. Oh, just think of the dogs. I like how someone asked him point blank in the press conference, like, so you're going to play cards? Cause he's like a big poker guy. And he was like, I don't know. I have a kid. Like, I don't really do that that much. It's like, maybe I got, I don't yeah. know what the fuck nation. Dan, your twig and berries cold performer of the week. My twig and berries cold performer of the week is going to go to one Calgary flames organization for that damn locker room. Get better. You're going to be at my cold performer of the week. Calgary. What flames. the hell is going on? As like a community Rick. <laughs> I have seen community rinks that are better. If you go to the Clairview Arena, that is the dressing room. The outdoor got. arenas are better. <laughs> yeah, down here in Riverdale, the, uh, yeah. the outdoor rink right there. Uh, Ryan Pike, your Twig and Berries Cold Performer of the Week. Uh, I'm I'm going to go off the board. I'm going to say people on the highway that change lanes without signaling. Oh. I almost saw like four accidents Worst. on the QE2 just by people going, I think I'm going to go to the left lane now. I'm upset. That is upsetting. Tyler was looking for a very specific one for that. Mm-hmm. We don't have any traffic related buttons. Uh, no. My, like you said you're going off the board when there's no board. Yeah, you can do it. The, the board is well, you, you guys had very specific hockey related questions. Yes. That's very yeah. hockey related beefs. Sports. My yeah. Twig and Berry's cold performer of the week are the morons getting mad about the NHL 23 cover. Like just make your own if it upsets you that much. Take a picture yourself, print it off. Put it there. There's your new cover. I don't understand why people get mad about this. It's so silly. Who cares about the cover of the NHL game? Go outside. Get some sun. You're as cold as ice. Flipping the ledger. Let's finish off the podcast with some bright side news. Nation Dan, your Twig and Berry's hot performer of the week. Uh, well, last week we recorded a little bit early and so we didn't get to speak about this, but the Ben Stelter Memorial and everything to do with that was just absolutely wonderful. I was able to watch it afterwards, which is a great a little addition by them. Um, but 
the way that his parents spoke about him, the love and happiness that's going, that went around the internet that day. It was wonderful to see from flames fans, from hockey fans around the world. It was wonderful to see. So, uh, we miss you, Ben. And, uh, yeah, that Memorial gets my hot performer of the week. All right. Tyler. Yes. You're talking about top form of the week. I'm going to go to the world of major league baseball for the Toronto Blue Jays are starting to get hot bag. Yes, no, as soon as we left town, they were like, you know, it'd be fun winning and damn it. They've taken six of seven and it, it looks like things are coming together for the Toronto Blue Jays. I enjoy some baseball. I know you do as well. I do. So shout out to the Jays and they get my hot form of the week. Pour it on. Brooms come out in Boston. Woo. Shout out to Jared Sharp. Noted Toronto Blue Jays fan. Probably not at all upset about getting swept. Fraud socks. Extra innings wins too. Mm-hmm. You take Always them. Fun. You take them. Uh, Ryan Pike, your Twiggenberry's hot performer of the week. This will be very selfish. It's nice to get up here. I, I don't think I've ever been to the offices up here. I haven't seen 80% of the people in this room in person in my life. So it's nice to, you know, it's nice to yeah, it get nice. up here, especially not during the hockey season when it's being relaxed a bit and don't have to be so worried about, okay, hold on. I got to go tweet this out because uh, someone just scored a goal. And we'll do that in a couple of weeks anyway. But in the interim, Get to relax. It's getting hot in here. My Twig and Berry's hot performer of the week. Hmm. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to give a shout out to everybody that attended and participated in the Oilers Nation Open on Friday. Great day. Hot as hell. Glad we did it in the morning because we kind of missed the afternoon heat. That was a smart move. So everybody that attended the Oilers Nation Open on Friday out of Castell Put, put some respect e- on my name. Even put Princey. some respect on my name. Except Princey. Except Princey. Although I will give Don't an honorary honorary hot performer of the week to Princey for all the shit he took all day after showing up in a Flames golf tee to an Oilers Nation golf tournament. Took it like a champ, though. Took it like a champ. Gavin, thoughts? Thumbs, Thumbs up, up from Gavin. That's all you needed to know from Gavin. That's all you needed to know from day me. Day one of the internship's gone well for Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 219 of Oilers Nation Radio is in the books. I want to thank DoorDash, Oodle Noodle, Cornerstone Insurance, Montana's, and Twig and Berries for making it all possible. Most importantly, you for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Shout out Gavin. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love 
my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. 